Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone, and I'm really excited to bring you today's guest, Johannes Vogel from Germany. There he's Director of Finance Strategy and Digital CFO Services at Bearing Point. And a lot of his job is really helping companies move through the digital finance agenda, helping them like develop finance strategies and solutions for the digital CFO office. And Johannes has more than 20 years experience in industry and consulting. And based on that, he shares us a number of key points in this episode. Uh, first off, he gives an excellent summary of the four uh, key digital technologies that are likely the biggest disruptors to accounting and finance over the next few years. Uh, also some practical steps we can begin to take to start adding more value from investments in digital technologies and how we can go about maybe getting those investments in partnership with the business. And he also lists off a number of areas around what we should be expecting from our CFOs to be considering when it comes to having a digital finance strategy. Look, there's a load of value in this uh, week's episode. You can find the detailed show notes, uh, links to resources and more at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 034. So check it out. And without further ado, over to Johannes and the show. So, Johannes, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Glad to be here. And, Johannes, look, we've spoken previously, but some of our audience would like to get to know more about your story. So, how did you get into your current role within accounting and finance? Well, you know, I work as a, as a management consultant right now with, with Bearing Point. But I really got into the consulting work because I love projects in my previous role. With Turner Broadcasting, I was doing all kinds of different finance functions, accounting manager, etc. But what I really liked most is um, projects. We we had a number of projects, and that's when I landed a job with with consulting because one of my ex colleagues got me into that, and I started working for consulting firm. Back then, it was KPMG uh, in 1998. So it was really the the diversity of project work that, that got me excited um, <clears throat> for working in consulting, and that's why I'm still in consulting. That's some tenure, and you must have seen some some really interesting things during that time. So are there any particular moments that stand out for you, Johannes? Well, <clears throat> maybe looking back, as, as I said, um, I'm, a, I'm a German citizen, but after school in Germany, I had the chance to... Um, get a scholarship with an American university in Georgia. And um, I was planning on, on spending one year at the university doing some studies and gaining some experience. Well, it turned out that um, I stayed for a total of nine years. <laughs> and so, um, you know, this was unplanned, but I, I, met, I met someone in, in the United States and I got married. and. So having this international, having the cultural experience really was an, was an outstanding event in my life and it still helps me today 
to you know to work with international clients to speak the language to understand their the culture and and how business is done in Anglo Anglo American uh, cultures. So that was really one key. Um, key moment in my professional career. Yeah, I, I think this global international dimension, being able to understand cultures and translate what we do around the numbers into into a way that they understand, I think that's something that I don't believe we tend to cover off in our college studies or business school accounting studies or, or anything like that. We're probably too focused on the numbers. So that's some great advice that, that you and others have been sharing, Johannes. So so really appreciate you doing that. To, to, to add a comment to that, I think professionally in uh, in Germany, when we when we hire people in, in consulting, we are placing a premium on, on, on also international experience. And in, in my view, um, the the um, people that come in from from university they have had a number of different uh, internships uh, internships abroad or semesters abroad so I do see a, I do see a pickup in um, international exposure earlier um, than maybe way back when I went to school so I think I think that's a very positive trend and I would reinforce or recommend to to any one of your listeners to uh, if they are still in the in the process of of formation and study to to get some international exposure yeah that that's a great that's a great recommendation Johannes. like i'm trying to i've got a big smile on my face here thinking about when i when i was sort of leaving college and starting my career i working international never really crossed my mind it was always uk and ireland but i have to say the some of the most rewarding experiences have come from working with colleagues internationally leading global teams and you know, it really adds extra strings to our bow. And and that's encouraging when, when I look at the, the latest numbers from our podcast, we've, we've only been going a few months, but, you know, people have been listening to us in over 100 countries. It's just fantastic to see people oh, are wow. taking. Yeah, no, it's just fantastic to see people are taking the globalization of our profession and how important it is to get these diversity of perspectives um, yeah. out there. So that, that's, that's been really pleasing. And I'm glad people are grasping that and anyone who isn't. You know, we need to figure out ways of, of how, how we can go about or how they can go about doing that. So, yeah. to be honest, I really appreciate those insights. And I suppose in terms of what's happening in and around your work at the moment, what's what's exciting you most? Well, that's a good question. I, um, Like I said, I work in management consulting, uh, bearing point, and I'm in an area called finance and regulatory. So we're helping... We're helping basically the CFO team to work on projects, to do improvements, to be better set up for the future. And what I really find exciting, you know, accounting, finance, controlling in the past has had sort of um, a nimbus or an an atmosphere of being conservative, being very accurate, being... Mm -hmm numbers driven and being precise about having the right financial statements etc what i see now over the last i would say one and a half to two years in germany is a, a strong increase in the almost what i would call a paradigm shift in that the cfo teams are starting to become more experimental with new technologies and I'm sure we'll get into that more technologies like you know predictive analytics using big data tools, uh, <clears throat> using artificial intelligence to to automate some transactional processes, uh, using artificial intelligence to create chatbots, etc. 
um, they're becoming much more experimental to see what value could they derive from these, I call them digital tools, digital technologies, um, to make their the value of their work, the output of their work for the business um, better and more more valuable, so to speak. So um, the the very conservative um, atmosphere in in those finance teams is is gradually breaking up. They're still very professional and they need to get their numbers right, but they're also starting to experiment with little projects like you know looking at predictive analytics tools for cash flow improvement, for having better cash flow predictions, etc. So um, this mindset change is really is really. Uh, I think good, and it will it will strengthen the, the finance function overall. I had a conversation with a with a CFO of a major German automotive player who's also heading up a a big finance transformation project globally, and he also reflected this within this finance transformation program. They have started to create little <clears throat> little teams to try out new technologies, and and they have really gotten into a mode where they um, also accept some failures. Not all wow. projects will be successful. And so this this tolerance of having, you know, some mistakes, having some project failures is starting to, to sink in. Just like I think with, with most digital technologies, you need to try things out to see if, if, if it brings value to, to your company. And um, this is the mindset that I'm starting to sense much more now in at least in in German finance teams. Well, like that's that's very. I'm I'm trying to just get my head around this. So, in in the same sentence, you talk about finance still needing to be conservative, but some are actually being experimental. Some some accepting some forms of failure, like that. There are completely different <laughs> ends of the spectrum. That's a complete like a mind shift, uh, a mindset one eighty. I think the Americans would call it. So, so like how how are I mean, how are finance teams practically dealing like with this, like the automotive um, company you mentioned? So, so how are they getting their heads around this? Well, I think it, it's a in in that case. What what this gentleman told me, it's a it's a cultural thing. Um, it is um, something that the CEO and the, the top management team of that group has really started to push over the last, I would say, two to three years. That uh, there is a big chance in in digital for all kinds of aspects for the company in, in having a better customer experience and having a better product development for cars, etc. Um, and, and so with this, with this cultural change uh, that has been really led by the top management, also you could see it in terms of two or three years back, they would go around with suit and tie. Today they run around with you know with polo shirts and, and oh my goodness and maybe a, a sports coat but not not any you don't see any more ties and you see a lot of sneakers in top management etc. So I think this cultural change, if it is driven by top management and it, if it's supported by top management, it will trickle down also into the into the finance teams, mm-hmm. and um, they're really just also from a pragmatic point of view see the chance that. We can try out things in, on a smaller scale. If it fails, it's not going to be a, a big, a big financial impact. You know, it's like in the startup scene where you say fail fast or move forward. So I think it's more and more that this also this startup mindset that is that is coming down 
also into the finance function. Like, like you know, for, for our listeners, if if they were to go away, maybe try and do a, a, or take undertake a couple of steps or actions to maybe move towards a more digital finance scenario, be a bit more experimental, accept some smaller failures. You know, what what things could they start immediately doing? Well, I think what what you could start immediately uh, is, for instance, um, you know, we're now at the end of of the budget season, but you could. You can contemplate if you're doing new budgets for um, for for the following business year. What in what areas do we uh, want to create more value with a business? So you can start getting from the finance point of view, getting more into a dialogue with with the business representatives, getting more into a business partner role, mm-hmm. have the discussion. Where do we need? Where do you need more? Uh, insights, more business analysis that we can support from a finance point of view, and then start first projects where you say we need maybe getting a, a data scientist on board into the team. We need to identify new sources of data from operational systems, from external, uh, to to create new insights and try to really push strongly. Um, ways in which finance can create additional insights. Uh, with existing or with new data that is a value to the business. I love the way you immediately went straight to the business and working through perhaps maybe some commercial rationale for why we should be looking to invest because I, I just thinking about finance. I mean, th- there's been an expression, I think, or like the shoemaker's son, you know, and, and, and what's meant by that is that, you know, the shoemaker's great at mending shoes for everyone else, but when it comes to his own son's shoes or own kid's shoes, doesn't yeah. necessarily do such a good job at at uh, sending his uh, his kids out to their schools with the best shoes on, you know, or making sure they're looking very well. And I, I, I that's one area I'm very critical of finance. On one hand, is that we tend not to invest very much in ourselves and our own transformations, yeah. but we're very good at supporting the business and helping them achieve their aims and and putting together numbers to drive projects that will help them. So, uh-huh. so uh, you know. I guess that's the that's the destiny of being an overhead function, and I mean, I I would agree with you that the investments into finance, being an overhead function, have always been very cautious, and there's a constant pressure on on finance teams, and we're seeing that in in survey year after year that you know pressure cost pressure on the finance function is still one of the top concerns of CFOs. Um, at the same time. Um, while I'm talking about you know creating value for the business being the for me the prime purpose of, of finance where they really can add and create value, um, you I would agree with you that uh, a lot of finance teams and a lot of companies may still need to do some homework um, and yep. maybe repair their own shoes like you said <laughs> with your shoemaker analogy. Yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, that is obviously another thing. I mean, you have to assess how are my processes, um, are my accounting and controlling processes, are they lean or is there still some waste in there? So there is still, I mean, for everybody, of course, uh, a, a good way to, to look at can we can we improve our, our what I call finance excellence, so being good at what we do, getting the processes right, having systems standardized, etc. This is a task that I think every finance team should look at, and I know a lot of customers that are quite good at 
every two or three years looking at their processes again and trying to continuously improve the processes in an incremental way. See, see, this is this is the interesting thing for me. I think the advice you're giving is very practical, Johannes, because it, you know we don't have to wait for finance leaders, managers, or CFOs to to take the lead on on doing that homework. I mean, it's always the best case to to go away and figure out well. Uh, let's say our business partners want to to grow their turnover to to do that they're going to need particular levels of insights we in the finance team could probably provide those if we were able to automate or standardize a few things that's going to take some investment but the upshot is some potential return or likely return on the growing revenues for our business partners and in, in you know on the front lines so so how about we put together a business case finance benefits gets the necessary tran- transformation funds or the sign off to go transform and that trickles upwards as opposed to yeah. downwards and then also the business benefits as well in real commercial terms and then you know it's one of those win-win and hopefully the customer's winning because because they're getting better better service product or whatever is on the table to grow the revenues so so i'm thinking that's that's definitely something we can do to, to trickle up or, or or go bottom up but i suppose from the top down from the cfo perspective i know you wrote a terrific article on you know how do CFOs start to define the new sort of finance strategy? Strategy this digital finance, you know. So what sort of things should we be expecting our CFOs to be doing, uh, Johannes? Yeah, well, I, I think uh, that's a good question. In that, in in the times that we live in, um, you know, you have so many um, shifts in terms of business models. You know, you we get more and more. I look at. I read an article about. The, the, the biggest platform businesses like, you know, like Apple, like Alphabet, like Facebook, like Alibaba, uh, the European platform based businesses are quite small in terms of market cap compared to compared to the American and, and Asian players. Um, but you also have other other shifts in terms of, of demographics with the generation Y and Z coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think with with these changes in the in the business context, both from an HR talent point of view, but also from a competitive point of view, from a which business models do we need to support point of view, the CFOs um, uh, are finding themselves really in a position where they need to where they start thinking about. How will my my finance team need to look like in in three to five years? How will the finance function look in in 2020? Yeah. Um, and how are we set up today? And to once you get into those um, thoughts, then I think you're very close to starting to think about finance strategy in terms of you know where do we stand today? What are the requirements that we have from the business? What are the requirements we're facing as a company? from our uh, overall company strategy, from our competitive situation, are we being attacked by, by smaller startups that are more agile and faster in, in getting, getting a product or a customer service out to the customers? And, <clears throat> and what can we do from the finance team to, to start um, addressing that? So um, we've had uh, in, in bearing point uh, over the last, I would say, one and a half to two years, a very strong uh, increase in the in the interest of finance teams wanting to look at their finance, call it finance strategy, call it finance roadmap. How do they get from where they are today to 
uh, a function that is better set up to address the challenges of today and tomorrow. And then you come into all these topics that we already talked about, doing the basics right, getting the homework in terms of being process oriented, not working in departmental silos, um, looking at the end customer of each process, looking at your system landscape. If you're a, a bigger group that has had a lot of M&A activities, you will most likely have uh, some, well, a heterogeneous system landscape, so looking at that. Other ways to use also cloud for ERP. Um, we're starting SAP is you know obviously quite strong in Germany and they're pushing very mm -hmm. strongly also for a cloud cloud-based S4HANA implementations where you have more the the standardization thought uh, and low cost of total cost of ownership uh, by by having a, an SAS software as a service product. Mm -hmm. um, we're starting to feel the first inroads also of um, finance force, which is basically the, the sales force uh, mm -hmm. as a cloud service for finance. I think they're even stronger in the UK already. Um, so all these things um, are, are bringing CFOs to, to start thinking about, are we set up in the right way and what do we need to do, which projects, which initi initiatives do we need to start to be better prepared for tomorrow? I'm trying to think. There's a lot. There's a lot there that's going on in terms of the digital disruptors, in the, individually speaking. Is there any one technology more so than another that has the most disruption potential uh, from a digital finance perspective on traditional finance? Is there any one in particular you could call out, or they all sort of come into the mix to to impact finance? Uh, how do you say together? Well, I think I think the three big um, technology changes that I think will have an impact on finance, and they will have an impact on finance on different levels, are on the one hand RPA, robotic process mm -hmm. automation, where you really have sort of rule-based engines that that do simple transactional rule-based activities in an automated way, twenty-four by seven. Mm -hmm. um, and and so there's there's a, a, a good I would call it automation potential. So that's the first tier. Then um, I would go into the more intelligent um, artificial intelligence uh, intelligence solutions that um, would create, for instance, service chatbots or more intelligent um, ways of of handling exception work handling. Uh, cash application. I was at an SAP conference this week, and SAP is now starting also to apply what they call machine learning, so artificial wow. intelligence, also into, uh, for instance, um, cash application processes. So when when a customer receives a a, a payment a, advice or a remittance advice from a from a from a customer. Uh, usually they just come as a PDF and uh, so they have made a, a mixture of technologies that has OCR and machine learning, artificial intelligence to then intelligently identify the payment advice numbers and match them to the outstanding um, accounts receivable items, for instance. So for me, that would be the second step. And then um, you, you have this whole layer of, of uh, working with big data, working with uh, predictive analytics tools. Um, that for me would be a, a third layer. So in a way, they all have a potential to to change processes or change the setup of finance as they are. 
and it's it it goes back to the a lot of automation will basically free up um, free up human work, um, and that could be then you know um, skilled in a different way to to provide more analysis and to provide more more insights. So I think those are the three uh, effects of technology that I see uh, as a as a primary factor. So so there there's some good options now for our listeners to put with their homework. And, and see how they can sort of transform not only the business, but finance as well. So, Janis, thanks for doing and that. One, one additional thought while I think about it. I mean, also using standard office technology like, like SharePoint or yes. tools like uh, Slack. At Bearing Point, we use a Microsoft tool called Teams that's like Slack. So having these social collaboration tools and, and ways to to share data across an enterprise network or also even across networks that, that include customers or external customers and, and vendors. I think that that basic set of new collaborative and social technology will also make uh, a month end reporting and reporting on, on what happens in the different entities or, or countries much easier way back when, when when I was when I was doing variance analysis on my end, <laughs> I needed to make telephone calls, copy yeah. paste emails into a report uh, because we didn't have things like SharePoint. But now this is all you can have it all in one place. You can have a dashboard where you do your direct comments in there. And so I think the the the, the advance of office technology in itself also creates new ways of working. That can be also explored by the by the finance team. I, I'm glad you've tagged that one on because these things are right in front of us, and they're fairly ubiquitous. But how many of us often overlook what's really in front of us sometimes to to get the best out of it? So that's fantastic you tagged that in there, Yana. So, um, and and also I know I touched on your your article about how the CFOs can start to define a new finance strategy. So I'm going to put that link into the show notes as well it was very well received uh, had an awful lot of likes and shares on linkedin so so definitely worth including that as well um so Janice, i want to change it up a couple of gears wonder if you cast your mind back uh, throughout your career maybe what was the best piece of advice you've ever received um one of the the best pieces of advice i received was 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 from a colleague um Back actually at, at Thunderbird, this is my MBA program that I did in, in uh, Glendale, Arizona. It is an international MBA program. And Thunderbird um, is very big on having a, a great alumni network. And so we're working very close. Um, we're working very closely of bringing alumni back into job positions and, and sharing what, what is going on and what are opportunities. So. So the piece of advice I re received there is really to maintain a, a good network of, of former colleagues, of, of alumni, um, to to really keep in touch. And I'm still in touch with a lot of my 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 friends from school back then, from work in the U.S. And we're we're sharing opportunities and we're bringing people back and forth. Uh, and so for me, having a good alumni network also now in consulting. Um, has resulted in some of the most interesting job opportunities uh, or uh, consulting opportunities for me uh, that were then in the end much easier to realize than having to go through an official tender process, etc. So keep up your network, um, maintaining your network, spend time, designate time, 
to to actively maintain your network. It also adds a human and nice personal yeah. touch to to your to your work. And um, I really enjoy you know calling back my old customers and say how you doing, what what things are going on, and it's always very interesting. I, I like the I like the way you mentioned the human element because that's how we're going to dif- differentiate ourselves when a lot more of what we do becomes digital, and yeah. and it's a great way of standing out. And I just wish someone had said that to me when I was uh, starting out as well. And yeah. I think of the many sort of mm-hmm. colleagues and friendships I've sort of let let pass by much better now. But there's been many years where you know it would have been a nice thing just to get on the phone or just catch up with an old colleague over a coffee and see how things are going in their world and and switch off yeah. from from what was going on in mine so that's that would be a fantastic that's a fantastic yeah, suggestion and can i can i add one on one addition oh oh yes definitely please well, johannes i mean to think about it. i mean one one other piece of advice that, that i would also give to to any colleague is you know be be generous with your time that you spend with other colleagues and with other people in terms of you know talking to them about you know what are their concerns what can i offer them you know, also, and 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 sharing sharing your knowledge across a broader across a broader network. And now you mentioned the LinkedIn um, professional network that we have. You know, we have so many different networks that we can use. And I think I think um, giving giving some of the knowledge also for free for me is a is a great way of receiving uh, great feedback from uh, a lot of different people. Uh, and and you see that in the comments that um, are being received in, in the more active LinkedIn communities. Those are great discussions and those will in some ways, I think, uh, be uh, an additional way to, to learn about new things, to get instant feedback and to, to work together in the future. So I think sharing, giving away some of your knowledge, not all, but giving away <laughs> some of your knowledge um, is really also a, a you will always get back more than you give. That, that, that's so true. That's so true, Janice. And I, I don't want to take away from our time together by, by relating my stories because I think you've, you've done enough there on that. It's um, I, I couldn't agree more with both of those items you, you recommended. So, audience, pay attention. That, that's that been some fantastic advice. Um, just, just one more sort of question in that area, Johannes. Like, you know, if you if you sort of recommend books or resources to people, like what would be probably the best and most common resource you'd recommend uh, to others to go take a look at? A great resource that I um, that I really appreciate and I use quite a bit is uh, called the FSN the FSN network, and I can share the links with you for your show notes. It's a it's an organization that is also on on LinkedIn, but they have their own website and they have tons of great. Uh, thought leadership pieces uh, on finance and finance technology, accounting technology. It's um, run by a, a guy named Gary Simon, and he's very active in that community, and he does a tremendous job in bringing together the, the best and the most current of, of you know, thinking in, in the area of finance. So this is one resource I would highly recommend. Um, a great book that it, it's quite old, it's from 2006, it's, it's by Jeremy Hope, it's called um, Reinventing the CFO. Uh, you know, Jeremy Hope was a guy that was part of the Beyond Budgeting Roundtable organization. He passed away, unfortunately, a few years back, but um, um, this Reinventing the CFO is really a book that is still very readable today, and it it has a lot of good thinking on 
getting the basics right, simplifying your processes, adopting lean principles in accounting and finance processes, the role of um, finance leadership in really pushing yourself to create value for for the business, to be disciplined with your finance function, etc. It's it's a great read and I recommend it highly. Fantastic. So uh, those links will all be going in the show notes. And in terms of yourself, Johannes, should our audience wish to connect with you or find out more information about you, where's the best place to find you at? I think one of the best places to connect with me is through LinkedIn. You can find the work that we do at our company at BearingPoint at www.bearingpoint.com. We really appreciate you giving up your your time and donating your time to you know be a guest mentor for us today and you know the, particularly the insights around the digital future the digital finance we should be expecting to see and also some of your your lessons and, and great pieces of advice that i know will add a tremendous value to our audience having sort of fun rewarding and successful careers in terms of making an impact for themselves but also for their businesses so johannes uh, Thank you very much for making time for us today and investing your time for us on the show. Well, great. And thank you for doing the, the, the great work that you do on, on your podcast and on your on your website. I think it is really important. And, and I think this is the time is now to, like you said, to make finance also something that is exciting professionally. And I think it is something that um, will be even more exciting in the years to come with all the new technologies because it will not just be crunching numbers or counting beans, but it will be making sense of things. So thank you for for, for the work that you do and, and keep up the very good work, Andrew. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.